This is Words That Move Me, the podcast where movers and shakers like you get the information and inspiration you need to navigate your creative career with clarity and confidence. I am your host, Master Mover, Dana Wilson. And if you're someone that loves to learn, laugh, and is looking to rewrite the starving artist story, then sit tight, but don't stop moving, because you're in the right place. Hello, my friend, and welcome to the podcast. This is Words That Move Me. I am Dana. I am thrilled that you are here. This is an exceptional episode. I'm very excited to share it. Uh, today on the podcast, my guest is my friend, Nika Kloon. And let me tell you what, if, if there is an example of dreaming big and achieving big things, it is Nika Kloon. <laughs> and if, if there is a bright and vivacious explanation of doing exactly that, it is this episode <laughs> between Nika and I both. Uh, there, there will be a lot of smiles in the next hour. I'll put it that way. Um, and while we're speaking of smiling, let's go ahead and do wins. If you are new to the podcast, I do wins in every episode. I do think it's super important that we celebrate the things that are going well in the world. And today I am celebrating nurturing my space specifically the podcast space. Now, I'll give you a little bit of backstory. Uh, when I moved into my place, it had those popcorn ceilings, and I spent uh, a sum of money and a lot of convenience to have those replaced. I flattened the ceilings, this beautiful, even drywall ceiling top, and ever since then, which is 2009, I have been very resistant to hanging anything from the ceilings. And just this week, I decided, you know what? I've had it. I'm putting a hanging plant in my podcast booth because my technical director, Malia Baker, gave me a disco ball hanging planter. And this thing is just the coolest. I'll for sure go ahead and link to this, <laughs> a photo of this in the show notes of this episode. Um, so I, I spiffied up the place and then like right as I completed this task, something started going wrong at the car wash across the street from me. One of the vacuums that they use might have sucked up a, a hairball or an, an actual living creature perhaps because it is making a sound that is inexcusable. It's right at the top of the frequency I think that humans can hear um, and I have had a headache for three days so actually the podcast booth is one of the few spaces that I am seeking sanctuary um, so I, I, I love that I'm feeling good about this space and all I had to do was drop a couple drywall screws into my precious perfect drywall that was precious and perfect for years so I'm thrilled with the job that I did, and I love my disco ball hanging planter. Thank you, Malia. That is my win this week. <laughs> okay, now it's your turn. What is going well in your world? Dana.
Congratulations. Keep on winning. I'm stoked for you. All right, now let's not take another beat. I'm so excited to share this conversation with you, particularly because although this story, this Nika Kloon story, reads a little bit like a fairy tale about a girl who followed her heart, if you read between the lines, it is actually a story about certainty in uncertain times. And I can't think of anything more fitting than that today. So enjoy this conversation with the dance ambassador to Slovenia, Miss Nika Kloon. <laughs> okay, Nika Kloon. I am so excited that you're here. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh. I'm thrilled about this. This is a really big moment for me because you and I go back years and years and years, although we haven't overlapped much in our professional life. I'm really, really excited to just sit uninterrupted and get to know you and your work a little bit better. Um, as, as the first step to that, it's hard, it's challenging, my guests hate me for this, but I'm gonna ask you to introduce yourself. What do you want us to know about you? This is very, very hard part for everyone, I'm assuming. <laughs> well, um, okay, so very simple. Um, I'm a human being that absolutely loves to dance. Um, it's in my blood, my parents, we're also dancers. They still teach dance. We have dance school Bolero in my country, Slovenia. So yes, I am not from here. You can hear it in my <laughs> in my voice. So uh, my accent is from Europe, small country, two million people, and I was just um, you know small girl with big dreams. Um, as a dancer, I wanted to be professional dancer, uh, choreographer, international teacher, and here I am. Mm -hmm. I achieved everything and I also achieved that I moved to LA uh, in 2010. So um, that's just real quick. There it is in a, a tiny nutshell. And I think, Nika, you might have just named this episode Small Girl with Big Dreams. Yeah. <laughs> that is what you are. And, and, and a big appetite for learning, I would like to add. Um, we actually met in 2007? I don't oh, remember when we met. I don't I remember don't really the year. <laughs> I do remember that I was assisting Marty on a teaching tour in Europe. And, oh. I, and, and that's when I first met you. I don't know, it, it was a uh, Who Got Skills workshop. Oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed that I don't know the year. Marty would, <laughs> Marty would absolutely remember. Um, and I, I recognized you right away. Long blonde hair, phenomenal dancer. Um, and you really do stand out. You sparkle. But the thing that stood out about you most to me was your curiosity. And your, like you followed the workshops. You took several, I mean, it's, uh, workshops in Europe are a little bit different in that travel between countries is, simpler right quicker relative to in the states perhaps but um i remember you taking several classes asking brilliant questions but asking questions not just about dance but about life about all of it um and i i would like to start this interview by asking what are you curious about today like what is what lights you up right now right now 
um, you light me up ah. because <laughs> you are such a you don't even know you're such a light you know that you're a light but for me you were one of the biggest inspirations and reasons why I moved to LA and you know just dreaming big watching you on TV uh, when I came from home on MTV music channel you know with uh, music videos and tours with Justin, not Timber, yeah, Timberlake, yes. So I was just like, okay, I want to be that blonde girl. At one point, you were blonde. I was, yes, I was. <laughs> and I'm going to be dancing with her on tour, period. <sighs> so I just followed, I followed my guts and I was just really working hard. And, you know, you like lit me up yesterday. I couldn't even sleep well because I was like, I was so thrilled because. Yeah, you're such a big inspiration. I had like few people in my life that um, inspired me when I was in Europe coming over here. And that's you. That's Teresa Espinosa. Oh, yeah, that was Britney Spears. I was like, I'm going to be that red her next to Britney. <laughs> and Tiana Brown next to Christina Aguilera. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. And then um, the younger ones were Tucker and Laura. Edwards. Yep. Mm-hmm. love love oh these are great inspirations thank you for those shout outs and for those extremely kind words I am sweating and I have an ear-to-ear -ear grin <laughs> it's actually I'm wearing these giant headphones right now and it actually creates pressure on my it like makes it <laughs> actually harder to smile but I am grinning ear to ear thank you so much for your kind words um okay so I, I had Deanna Matos on the podcast in episode 47, and we talked a little bit about her move. Uh, she's from Portugal, and she talks about how um, she sort of compartmentalizes or makes chapters of her dance life based on where she was living at the time. Um, that's sort of like how she sees, you know, the, there was the London chapter, there's the LA chapter, maybe somebody has a New York chapter, and there's the home chapter. Um, could you talk about how you chapter your Ooh, dance story? All right. Okay, very fast, because I know you're cutting this, right? So <laughs> very fast. Um, my big chapter, of course, is Slovenia. Mm -hmm. I was born there. I was a competitive, very, not competitive. Yeah, I'm a competitive person, but I was a competitor on competitions. That's mm -hmm. our life in our country. So I did so many years of that. So basically, when I was nine years old, I went to London and with my dance teacher for jazz because my parents always wanted to educate our teachers so that mm -hmm. they could teach our students better. Mm -hmm. And that teacher was like, well, your daughter is extremely talented. I think I should bring her with me to open her eyes and introduce her to to musicals. And, you know, maybe maybe one day she will have big dreams. We don't know. Let's try. And boom. I was nine, I was dancing in my pink outfits, in all hip hop classes, and jazz, and tap, and pop, and lock, and uh, everything that's possible, basically in Pineapple Dance School in London. Yep, yep. And I saw so many musicals, and I was going, I was actually, I was actually going there with my teacher for quite a few summers, and then at one point, I came to the audition, Dance to Excess where um, I was 14 years old, I got introduced to this dance success company that the owner basically is in Chicago, Patrick, Patrick Chen. Chen. Mm -hmm. Yep. And that basically opened my world um, 
and I started going, you know, flying just to London sometimes for the weekend on to have rehearsals with this um, uh, company. And that's, I feel like now looking back, that's a big commitment, you know, and mm -hmm. such a, I was so enthusiastic about my, my future in dance, you know, so that was not no problem for me. So basically dance success company, Cisco Gomez and Kim, Kimberly Taylor, they were my teachers. They opened doors for me. Uh, Patrick brought you guys with mm -hmm. Marty to Europe, have workshops with, I had workshops in Europe with American choreographers and that's where I kind of started getting to know you guys. And so basically I was professional dancer in Paris and in London for quite some time. But at the same time, I was juggling my school, my high school in Slovenia, finishing my high school uh, and also teaching about 100 students in my dance school. And because I'm, I want to say this very humble, humbly, I was pretty much always um, first so unbeatable as a soloist in jazz, tap, you know, and a lot of other different hip hop styles. And that pressure of me teaching that many people and then also people expecting these groups to be amazing as well. It was very, very hard for me, mm -hmm. but I somehow did it. And uh, we were national European world champions. And, you know, I was just missing always something. And that was the real move. And that was in 2010 with Visa to America. But I did Monsters of Hip Hop show before that and all this stuff. So that's where I actually I got my agents. So uh -huh. the Visa, Visa started, you know, easier for me, that process. And since I did so many things and work with uh, in Europe with American choreographers, they already knew me so much. I started coming to L.A., when I was about 16 or 17, I was still going to Dome at Millennium. Mm -hmm. Oh, I, I miss that to room. Classes. Oh, I yeah. So, so you know, um, I, I've been in and out LA, what would I say right now, for like 15 years or more, you know, mm. but I just moved when I was 2010 and closed my chapter in my school with my students and being European, you know, professional dancer. And mm -hmm. I opened one in America. So it was a tough decision. Okay. I have a couple spin-off questions from that. We'll stick with where we stand right now, but don't let me forget. I do want to go back to having an agent, getting the visa. I have so many questions about that. And I, I know it's changed. I think it's much more difficult to do that today. I know several people going through the process and, and the requirements of getting a visa are, are harder now. Becoming a citizen is much harder now. I do want to touch on that a little bit, but I want to know how do you make difficult decisions? Like when you find yourself with that, you know, on one hand, I really want blah, but on this other hand, I'm, I'm making this situation up, but I love my home studio and I love my parents and I love teaching, but I really want to pursue a career for myself okay. how, how do you make decisions like that okay it's a very simple question for me um because everything in dance when it comes to my career um it came spontaneously mm -hmm. so to me these decisions were never I need to make a decision I knew 
that this is going to be my life. So there was no decisions. So it's very, it's very hard to understand with, for the people that are very connected to families and they need to have, you know, family around and close friends. But I never, I was so driven, Dana. I never, that was not an option, me being in Slovenia or me, you know what I mean? So yeah. that's, don't ask me about dance. Like I do everything in dance because I love to dance. And, you know, what it comes to hard decisions for me is an everyday basis. Okay, which restaurant do I want to go today eat <laughs> Let's or start. order food so from? Like this is crazy. When I'm telling you, sometimes it takes one hour between me and my boyfriend to decide. He's also, um, he's also. I'm a Capricorn, so I don't know why I'm not. I'm so bad at making decisions, but he's a Libra, so we're both just indecisive. So for me, it's like more, you know, every day I can't make choices, and then you, I mean, you just have to make it at, at one point, but like. But when it comes to, I know it's funny, right? But when it comes to life of my career, I, it's very clear to me, you know, very clear. What the hardest decisions were, um, do I take all the workshops abroad mm -hmm. when I was already living in America? Or I say no to what I love to do the most and no to money and I take time to go to auditions here in LA as a dancer. Okay, let's talk about it. So you yeah. have so so on one hand you have, you know, you're a, a new transplant to Los Angeles. You're establishing a career as a dancer, and yet you're coming off of this European teaching circuit, which is pretty high dollar. You know, there's this celebrity element to being a teacher on one of those circuits. So you've got this known quantity that's praise and it's um, profit. And then you've got this uncertain thing in LA that's like hard work, not a lot of recognition, but you know, you have to climb the ladder. That's the type of hard decision we're talking about. So what, what did you do? What was the move? Um, I, you know, I always ask myself about the integrity. I always want to have the integrity. And if I said yes to people, let's say in Asia, I am coming, then I'm going to come to you and I'm going to teach you, you know, um, unless there was a job that it's absolutely was like on my priority top list, you know, and goals. Mm -hmm. um, but if I make a decision prior to something, to some audition, then I usually always went with teaching and, um, and I, I'm not regretting, I'm not regretting anything because I feel that sometimes we need to listen to higher powers because they are guiding us. They are guiding us and tell us, telling us where we should go, what we should do, what, why are we here for? And I know when I'm on stage or, okay, I say stage because I do conventions so much now, so I'm always on stage, right? But when I'm in front of the room, when I teach, this is where I I need to be. This is my purpose. I can feel it in every cell in my body. It's a very interesting um, topic to talk about. But if you feel me, you understand what I'm saying, right? And um, and I always wanted. I always was listening to to God or something. What you believe in up higher in the universe, mm -hmm. and um, I I had this feeling for people since. 
when I was very young already, I saw my mom teaching to so many students, right, in Slovenia. And I think I kind of adapted that automatically it came in me you know how she's teaching and she also is not just a, a normal teacher she's actually um teaching other teachers in our country how to teach so psychology of teaching how to work with people so i feel like i got this in my genes and um i always said you know what i booked as a dancer as many jobs as uh it was given to me i was supposed to you know even that deep down in my heart i still wanted to dance some more till now but i believe god and i'm you know choosing to believe that i'm here for the bigger purpose not just to be a dancer behind a singer copy that that that's a gorgeous segue you've done the background th- uh i almost said singer <laughs> you've done the background singer thing before um you've done the background dancer before right uh beyonce jennifer lopez justin bieber pitbull neo jason derulo i'm just naming a few um and you've also done the choreography thing so you've made it abundantly clear that that you find tremendous purpose and fulfillment in teaching. But when it comes to dancing versus choreography, do you feel more comfortable in run in one role or the other? I don't feel more comfortable in, I don't feel, I feel like every role is so special. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I love them both very, very much. Uh, when it comes to choreography, there is way more way more other things you have to you know just deal with and responsibilities that comes with it and um you really need to have a lot of patience uh with celebrities that we're working we are in los angeles we are not in small germany uh german city where everybody's kind even the artists right so we deal with so much that what are you trying to say here nika i'm trying to say that (laughs) celebrities are one of the kind it's very hard sometimes for me to navigate through management through the right words because i am very much uh i'm very much honest mm-hmm. i'm very much i'm genuine i feel like i, I kind of created my name in this um in this industry because of that because i'm so genuine with what i say or how I am with people and being genuine sometimes it's not the best when you work with such a big you know (laughs) not problematic people but it's just it's just different right so um I would say if I have to if I have to rank things I would say teaching and being a dancer is on first place Mm -hmm. and then second is choreography I think what you're what you're talking about here or what you're pointing to is one of the things that most people don't plan or prepare for when they embark on a career as a choreographer. They're learning about movement, they're learning about techniques, they're learning about their creative vision and taste, and uh, they're learning about composition and structure and story and all of these things. But very rarely do people put navigating 
different personalities on their list of things to, or on their list of muscles to strengthen when becoming a choreographer. And um, it is such an in important skill um, in our industry because you will be working with powerful, I'll call it powerful, in one direction or another, right? You'll be working with powerful personalities right and left and navigating relationships is 100% part of, um, of our job as choreographers. So I think that's, I'm glad that you mentioned that um, and having a strong personality yourself in a very honest one, uh, I, I believe is, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I, I believe it's virtuous. I believe it's an asset or it can be, but I can see where there might be situations how that could come back and bite you in the butt. <laughs> <laughs> yep, um, yes, absolutely. Okay, I'd like to segue a little bit. Um, I, for some number of years, I don't know the actual number, maybe four or five years, was an ambassador for SAG-AFTRA, our performers union. And I'm actually quite proud of that. I love that. I, I love that time of my life. I would go on set visits um, with SAG-AFTRA reps, talk with the members, make sure that everything on set was going according to contract. Um, I would help if I could answer questions or point people in the direction of answers, if I didn't know the answers to these questions. Um, and anyways, long story short, I just found out that you are a dance ambassador to Slovenia. I'm blown away and I'm so curious about what um, the responsibilities of a dance ambassador to your country are. Like, what does that look like? <laughs> You're so sweet, thank you very much. Yeah. Um... Well, um, I don't have any responsibilities um, in written down, but I got a title because um, I achieved so much outside of Slovenia, and um, and I was first one in modern dances. So that's in modern dances. That means in Slovenian, it means hip hop, um, jazz, funk. You know, not ballroom and Latin or rock and roll and stuff, right? So street stuff. Uh, Nobody before me did anything like that or achieved so many achievements outside Slovenia. So um, also when it comes to teaching worldwide, so my, I was always very proud Slovenia. So I always, I always said and introduced Slovenia to other countries and to other dancers. So I think Slovenia just got very, very proud of me. Because you were, because you were proud of it? Yeah, because I'm very proud of it and I'm spreading my Slovenian roots around the world and I am a big idol to our dancers in our country that it is possible to dream big and to achieve something big. Um, you only have to believe in it, you know. Mm. That's a beautiful sentiment. And I think that this might be a perfect opportunity to do a little audience participation. We don't have a live audience right now. You and I, the, we're, we're the only people here. We just have my assistant engineer, Riley Higgins, in the room, in, in the Zoom room with just us. But everyone that's listening could get involved right now because, Nika, I want you to teach me how, me and us, everyone listening, how to pronounce the name of the city where you're from it's the capital city of slovenia and i i can i can see it in writing i can spell it but no way in hell can i pronounce it so i'm hoping you can we can we can all just jump on for a little um a little lesson in slovenian all right so b 
this is, this is the cutest everything, Dana. You're so, you're so awesome. Should we do okay. it before and after? Should I try to pronounce it first and then you teach me? And then, <laughs> okay, you go, go, try. Okay, okay, here's my guess. Um, oh, uh, blue, hold on, blue, Blijana. Dana, you're making it way harder. Okay, so that was cute. J in our country is pronounced like you. Ah, okay. So now okay. do it again. Um, uh, Ljubljana. There we go. Really? Yes. Okay. Congratulations. Okay. Ljubljana. Ljubljana. One more time. Ljubljana. 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 Yes. Well, beautiful. Thank you. I hope everyone, <laughs> everyone listening got a kick out of that. <laughs> um, Very so nice. I, I think it's a beautiful thing to be proud of where you're from. Um, and I do think Slovenia has a lot to be proud of. But I think the thing that I'm taking away in this conversation is that you put where you come from first and you're proud of where you come from. You're not ashamed of dreaming big. You are not um, afraid of claiming ownership of your accomplishments. Um, and I, I think that's... I think that's stellar. So, <laughs> so congratulations, Ambassador to Slovenia. I'm so honored to have you. Um, okay, so on the subject of big accomplishments and worldwide um, acclaim, I want to talk about social media for a second. It comes up on the podcast a lot. Oh my gosh, the face you're making. She's going, ooh, <laughs> here we go. Um, I guess when, what I am curious about, maybe we start broad and then we can work our way uh, to specifics. What would you say is your relationship to social media? Um, if I had to answer that question, I'd say it's a little bit of a love-hate. I find a tremendous value in connecting with people. I get inspired there. I love sharing my work and I love sharing what I'm learning. I love sharing what I'm working on. Um, but I also <laughs> uh, have watched the social dilemma and I've watched what social platforms can do to behavior. Um, I don't think it's any secret that they are designed to a T to be addicting. Um, and I know most artists don't dream of spending 12 hours a day on our phone. We dream of spending 12 hours a day in a studio or on a stage or on a tour. So um, I've got a love-hate relationship and it, it sort of depends on the day, but I, I see it as a useful tool and I see it as a tool that can also be harmful. Um, and that all depends on how you use it, of course. But I see you as being a person who you know, you mentioned being genuine before. I see you as being a person who is genuinely comfortable in front of a, a device, whether it be a cinema camera or an iPhone, and you simply show up and share what is lighting you up, and you dance, and you twinkle, and you sparkle, and you do all these things. Are you deliberate in how you interact with social media? Do you do it because you love to share? Do you do it because your manager told you you have to like what is what's your relationship how do you work with social media first of all i don't have a manager work but... <laughs> independent yes no, no. <laughs> but i do have an assistant mm -hmm. and my assistant was especially um her name is jahan she is awesome because um you know she was first here for the emails and very quickly it turned into can you please help me with um getting this text together on instagram or like you know just make me on on 
on my toes. Like, okay, Nika, I think it, you have to post something about you now. You know, I know we like to post others, but mm. people following because of you. As you, know, you know, she started guiding me a little bit. Um, and it's much easier right now for me to relax. Um, but I do come up with all the, um, all the topics I want to, you know, talk about. Or uh, if, if I post a photo what topic I want to talk about in that under that photo. So it's very genuine in one way, but I physically don't want to spend an hour and a half on posting. Mm -hmm. So it's different with stories, stories I love to do. And also, you know, I, I love to engage with my um, followers and fans and people that they love me, you know, sometimes family, Actually, I connect through Instagram with my family, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? So um, I love to be genuine and then and show myself without makeup, show myself with makeup, just see that we are all normal people. Because I think that so many young, young dancers, they think that we are, I don't know, such a, such a idols that we don't, we are not same as them, but we are. And I want to really share that with them so that they feel better on an everyday basis you know that they need they don't need to post every time when they're happy they don't need to post that i'm not happy every single day like it's important for me that they know what's real world you know so i don't have problems with being me on social media um i must also say the social media and i would say starting with youtube and also instagram facebook that was very spontaneous with me. I'm not one of those um, choreographers or dancers who were planning on gaining followers. So um, I always, I would say I'm still kind of old school, but I got lucky I was there at the right time as well that Instagram really picked, picked me up also, you know? Um, but I know that that is all connected with YouTube because I had a lot of views on that years ago. But I started with YouTube when it was nothing. I started literally when it opened. I started also uploading my YouTube stuff. So um, I think that everything is connected. And um, when I started teaching, especially posting more at Millennium Dance School, mm -hmm. you know, there is so many great dancers in my videos as well from there so um it's just wonderful that when you follow me or if you follow me i think i all i wanted you to see is a light bright light um happiness that is genuine and that i dare you to be to be you i'm daring you because it's so much fun when you go to bed and you know that you are trying every day to be the best version of yourself to be right so i don't know it's just something when it comes to that and and that connection that love between people i want to i want to share that you know with people genuinely yeah but i wanted to say so much more but it's ah, it's so much like i didn't say like we are so, it's so important that we are um uh like we have big platform and we can change people's worlds. We can change people's um, people's day, you know, just by connecting through social media with people around the world. And we we have to think very 
smart how to what do we put out there and how do we guide our audience to so that we lead to to the, to better world to um, you know what I mean to better new generation that we are good leaders that's very important and that's what I didn't say except for we're still recording so you just said oh it. oh all right oh okay great <laughs> awesome. We'll step away from the social conversation for for a second, but thank you for sharing your perspective on that. That's 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 enlightening. And you know what's interesting to me about that actually is that everybody's relationship is a little bit different and rarely is their relationship what it looks like it is from the outside. Um, I'm sure there are people that on upon first glance, I would say, oh my God, they must be obsessed with their socials. And then I find out, oh no, they have a small team that's obsessed with their socials and they don't actually even look at it, not even once a week. Or there are people that I might think don't care much about it at all, but they're quietly in their room scrolling through it three hours a day, you know? So it's an interesting question. I, I, I love hearing the various different answers that I get to that question. Um, okay, so we talked a little bit about your journey to the States. Um, it, did From what I gathered, uh, did you already have an agent? Did you already have representation when you made your way over? I did. Mm -hmm. I did. MSA agency um, saw me at Monsters of Hip Hop show and mm -hmm. and helped me sponsor me for a first visa. Mm -hmm. uh, Patrick, uh, Dance Success company that I was, you know, in London with, uh, they gave me a deal memo. So <gasps> that's how uh, I will always be grateful. Grateful for this one you know, these people for the first visa and then second visa came, it was a little easier. And then I, now I have green card. Nice. Congratulations. Um, would you make any recommendations to people that might be listening overseas that want to make that jump? I, I want to say that think twice. What are your, really your dreams? Don't be a ship and just follow everyone to Los Angeles because it's cool to be here. It's not uh, such an easy life out here, especially now. And I feel like especially the last few years, I think it's so many dancers and, and not a lot of opportunities. And, um, but if you are that girl that actually was me, right? <laughs> Completely knowing like that is it, like cannot be different. Then um, focus uh, on how you gonna gather all the informations and all the proofs that you are good enough to come here to LA so or to America, right? So the biggest problem is um, that to, to have a proof that you are legit enough that in America with like very simple words, you are not, um, you will be able to pay taxes. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that you will be something. So that's what they care about, that you are good. So if you're just a, a phenomenal dancer without any proof, it's very hard to get visa. And I think it's so unfortunate. And I'm so heartbroken for so many European dancers that wants to come here or around the world. But um really you have to think strategically what what can where can i have 
where can I get all of that? How can uh, I show? What is exactly. the proof? Exactly. So mm-hmm. I usually recommend, recommend European dancers to move to London or Paris, Germany, Amsterdam, and create their, you know, career there first. Um, or if they are lucky already, they live there, you know, dance mm-hmm. with a lot of celebrities, people that they know be a brand for big, you know, Nike, Adidas, whatever, big companies, um, have a lot, a lot of views on YouTube, like all that, like it, it, it's, it branches in so many ways, you know? Hmm. So you just have to be very smart about it. I appreciate your transparency. <laughs> Thank you. It's very hard. I can, I can only imagine um, to, to be in a position where you have to prove that you are able to make money doing a thing. Yeah before you are actually making money for a thing. It's kind of a ch- what came first, the chicken or the egg conversation. You know, if you're hoping to aspire to be a professional dancer in LA, but you have to prove that you are professional level. Exactly, <laughs> um, very it, tough. It sort of comes, uh, it comes actually, and this might be a beautiful, a beautiful place to end. One of my favorite concepts and ways of being in the world is by making decisions, behaving, and um, treating myself as if I were my future self already. So I imagine what I, I imagine how I would talk. I imagine how I would treat people. I imagine how I would behave. I imagine how I would train. I imagine how I would wake up and make breakfast if I was already doing all the things that I, Dana, today in 2021 want to be doing. And that, that really, changes something in your perspective it changes the speed with which i move it changes the efficacy with which i with which i operate and um i obviously am saying this from a tremendously privileged position of uh, of so many things but being an able-bodied white woman who grew up in suburbia with access to a lot of training and access to a lot of people i'm already in the states i don't i i am certainly not the person to advise a European on what to do, but it might be helpful just to treat yourself with that kindness to embody your future self now. And that might help you get to a place where you're presenting or where you're producing and presenting more professional level work simply by treating yourself and talking to yourself like a professional. Absolutely. I believe in visualization. Mm. And I believe that if I was not visualizing (laughs) me on big stages with big artists, with, you know, my idols um, on stage, I don't know if if I would actually worked with them, you know, because I put this out in in the universe. I, there was, um, I never, ever doubt that I am not going to get visa because I already saw it happening, you know? And this is exactly what you said. And, um, and I just wanna say that it is very, very true. And I, I tried it in my own skin. So visualization, it's a real thing. You do have to 100% believe in it, but it all comes, comes down to how much you love yourself and appreciate yourself. So if, if that's why self-love is so important and in these days, it's very important that you work on that. I personally am going to share something that I didn't share with anyone before. Um, but I feel like this is the moment. Um, I am working on my mental health um, with a woman. Every 
week. From Slovenia, we are on Zoom and we are having the best time ever. And that she's not a psychologist, she's anthropologist, she's social, she's so much, right? She's a very clever woman, but it is some type of, you know, I need to learn how to stay stable and um, how do you say, um, I need to clear all the trash that is down my, this in my mind take out you the know? trash take absolutely out the trash. so that you can continue being grounded and see what is important in life and love yourself because if you don't love yourself it's very hard to also generally love others because you always interfere with some kind of fears and you know, jealousy and you're angry at someone, but it all comes down to you. I stopped in this corona pointing fingers at others. I came, I started searching in me and you cannot visualize yourself, you know, somewhere with big dreams somewhere in the future if you don't first believe that you um, are worth of that, that you deserve that you deserve that. You see what I'm saying? It's yes. so complex. Our mind is so complex. So I always believe, and I say that, if you are um, mentally stable as a person, I believe that your career can also shine even brighter than it shines already now. I think that that's a beautiful sentiment. I happen to agree. <laughs> I think that, uh, I, and I do uh, not to, I mean, that is a gorgeous high flying note. I don't mean to bring it down, but that type of training isn't taught in most dance studios. That may be something that you need to seek out for yourself. And as you mentioned, you're just now starting to do that work for the first time as an adult woman. Uh, and it is, it is work. And that's hard to hear, maybe, that it take work to love yourself. But the good news about it is, just like with dance, with the forte turn, there are techniques, there are tools, and with practice, it does get easier, and you do get better at it. I'm thrilled to hear that you're on that journey. Um, I, I love you unconditionally. I'm jazzed that you are loving yourself and learning to be um, a, a proponent of self-love and self-care and... Um, I think that's such an important message. Thank you for sharing it today. And always, you're, you just, you sparkle. <laughs> Dana, you are, you are so wonderful. Please don't ever change. Like you, you know, if I have a, a bad day or something, I just, I go to, or if I go to the grocery store, I just put your podcast on and you're with me on the way to grocery store and home. Like it's really <laughs> tremendous what you're doing to, to younger generation or just, um, you know, people that are listening to podcasts. And um, it's, it's wonderful because you've always been smart. I've always felt, sensed that, um, mm -hmm. not just in, on, on stage and in, in dance space, but like you, I feel like you always loved um, words. I don't know. I felt that. And I don't even know you much. So I feel like I'm so I'm so glad that you opened this path for you and not just being a choreographer, teacher, dancer, creative, whatever you're doing. Right. Mm -hmm. I think it's very, very important. And you actually inspired me. You don't know that, but you inspired me 
to start doing professionally makeup. So I'm in online makeup school and um, that's completely something out of my world. I never done anything but dance, Dana. I never had any job that was not connected to dance. Okay. I, that's completely different world, right? So I started going to makeup school and I also learned how to do nails professionally. I mean, and, and all because of your podcast. Get out of town. Yes. I'm floored. I'm so thrilled for you. Congratulations. <laughs> thank you. But thank you. You know what I mean? You're doing a big thing. Um, so keep on doing it. And I'm going to keep on listening to podcasts. Thank you, we have friend. to support each other. Yes, we have indeed. to support each other. Dancers, choreographers, friends. That's so beautiful to feel that. Uh, yes. How when you're happy for someone else, it yes. makes you happy. But you cannot do that if you don't love yourself and check in with yourself, right? Mm. So again, it comes back to that. So it comes back to you. I wish everyone love and you know calmness in this <laughs> in uh, these wild in times. These wild times and keep on going. Keep mm -hmm. on going. It's not over. We they time cannot. I mean, this situation that we're in right now, right? Especially us. We are in California. Nothing is open since March. We can't even go together and dance in the room, right? So you just have to believe in in good. Mm -hmm. I always believe in good. Focus on the good. And I feel like the good times are coming soon. I feel it. Uh, well, you're creating them. You created one just now for, for a whole hour. Thank you so much for that. Nika, I appreciate you so much. Let's do this again sometime, all right? Yes, please. Thank you for having me. Bye, everyone. My pleasure. Bye. All right, my friend. That is that. And I do hope you enjoyed it. Um, I really love this idea about worthiness, the importance of self-care and self-love. And um, I hope this conversation has brought a bright spot um, an enduring twinkle to your day today and far beyond. All right, everybody, that is it for me today. Take care, be good, and of course, keep it funky. Me again. Wondering if you ever noticed that one more time almost never means one more time. <laughs> well, here on the podcast, one more thing actually means two more things. Number one thing. If you're digging the pod, if these words are moving you, please don't forget to download, subscribe, and leave a rating or review because your words move me too. Number two thing, I make more than weekly podcasts. So please visit thedanawilson.com for links to free workshops and so, so, so much more. All right, that's it now, for real. Talk to you soon. Bye.